Hello, hello, hello. Bienvenidos a Cuaba. Hello, everyone. Welcome to A Little Juju Podcast. This is the podcast all about Black-ass spirituality, documenting the Black healing journey, and a womanist witchy insight into ancestral traditions and religions. I'm your host, Juju Bay, the psychic, a hoodoo, an orisha devotee, but most importantly, a bad bitch witch. Today's episode, honey, I'm taking you on a journey through my mental breakdowns, what we should expect from psychic readings, and why the thought of eating clay had me salivating like an old black lady from Mississippi, honey. Is it Pika or is it some juju shit? We're going to see. Let's drop the intro. Hey, y'all. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is all you need. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju, a little juju, a little juju. A little juju is the way. It's how I start my day. Can't firm no say. And I'll never keep it I'll take your photo to the grave. But that ain't even my thing. I just stay at the crossroads, pray. I just pour a little honey from my bay to make a stay. Cause I hate when bay leaves, but I manifest a little with my bay leaves. I'm my ancestors, baby. So I give them everything that they gave me. If you yourself personally would like to keep up with the conversation, you can always hashtag ALJ pod on the social media platforms to see who else is listening if you want to tap into other followers and ALJ pod community. If you're interested in bringing me to your school, would love to see that. You know I love a panel, y'all. I always talk about, please put me on a panel. I love panels, honey. Um, I'm open to traveling now, I think. We'll see. We'll see. But eboards, talk to your program coordinators. I love speaking at schools. I love teaching. So please feel free to hit me up. Also, somebody hit me up about, there's like a spiritual store. I can't remember where it was, but they reached out like, hey, there's a spiritual store. Maybe you could connect with them, do something, collab. Let's get creative. So I appreciate when folks reach out to me about opportunities like that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So what's tea? Um, It's Pisces season for the tropical people. It's Aquarius season for our sidereal people. In my brain, it's just the season that we're trying to figure it out. (laughs) We're trying to get clear. And it's also kind of giving mental breakdowns, which I will talk about in our new segment. Hashtag word of the week. Yeah, our word of the week. But you know, otherwise, I've been good. I'm feeling very calm and excited today. I feel like I have some clarity. Also, yesterday, we did the Patreon reading of the year, and it was so good. We had about uh, average like 40 people, 38 to 40 people on the call. And we did a month-by-month breakdown of 2022, and it was great. It was a lot... Uh, Honey, 2022 is, it's a year of really laying a foundation um, so that we can receive in the upcoming months, upcoming years. It kind of gave fighting for our life, (laughs) but it's not too bad. Um, 
So yeah, thank you and shout out to everyone who came to the reading of the year. If you're interested, of course, you can just join my Patreon and it is there for my BBW tiers and my JB tiers. Um, the overall energy though, I will share because I've been sharing that on my social media platforms was an energy of earth's medicine. So figuring out how we can rely more on the medicine that is right in front of us. And of course, you know, this, this is not the account that's going to say, don't wear masks, don't go to the doctors, don't do anything that's involved with the medical system, because I don't think that's a complete story. Um, This is the account that will say, do what you have to do. And also this year may require us to see an herbalist or seek someone who is familiar with traditional ways of healing. Okay. So if some things have not been working in the doctor for you, you may just need to see someone who knows a little bit more about plants. If you are an herbalist or someone who does that kind of work or some type of natural traditional healing, you are going to be, you need to be in your bag this year because we, the people, need you. I'm talking to my root workers, my conjurers, um, even my priests. Like, we're we going to need you. <laughs> we're going to need you this year. So strap up. We're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. But uh, yeah, I did want to share that because I thought that that message was super important and I know I needed to hear it and a reminder always to take our spiritual baths with our herbs, getting our herbs, putting them in our water, washing our bodies with them for to, to change some outcomes. But yeah, the, the card spoke earth medicine is the, the energy of the year. So remember when there is sickness, when there is an energy of sickness, there is always an energy of medicine. There's not one without the other. Okay. I hope that was helpful that we're kind of getting into my word of the week. Let's just, let's just get into our, our next segment. All you need is a little juju. It's the word of the week. It's the word of the week. Oh yeah. Okay. We're going to work on that. But <laughs> the word of the week is our new segment where I'm just going to share some insights some moments of enlightenment that I may have, or it's just some ancestral spiritual information that I may have gotten throughout the week. And hopefully it'll be helpful and sharing it with you so that it'll be helpful to you. So my word of the week. Okay. So earlier this week, I went the F off on myself I went off on my spirits, my ancestors. I went off. And for those of you who have listened to previous episodes, you all know that I am not afraid to raise and base up on my spirits. <laughs> I try to keep it respectful as much as I can. Of course, I'm not disrespectful. I love my spirits. But I also put bass in my voice when I feel like people not hearing me. Okay? I do that in the real world and I do that in the spiritual world as well. So that's, I, I had some bass in my voice and I also had a breakdown. So I was listening to a podcast earlier this week and I love this podcast. I'm not going to say the name of it. it. It really doesn't matter. It's not a spiritual podcast. It's like a key, key, key pop culture, just talking about bullshit podcast, which I love those. I need those to breast my brain. Who's always thinking about serious things. So I'm listening to this podcast and amazing for them. They just got a seven figure podcast deal. And for 
Y'all who don't know, podcasting is growing, growing, growing. Like it is just the wave for a lot of people. I would say particularly like celebrities and stuff. You just see so many people getting podcasts now. Some that aren't even that good, but they get deals, but whatever. So this podcast that I really enjoy got a deal, a seven figure deal, y'all. That's a coin for podcasting to talk, right? And it triggered me. It triggered me. And I just like broke down because I have, you know, obviously I do, I'm an independent podcaster and I've built this podcast and this platform extremely organically. And I pay for things out of my owned pocket, everything that I do. And I essentially live, of course, if, unless I'm teaching or I'm doing a little workshop or something, you know, I'll get paid for that. But my primary source of income is through people donating, people who listen to the podcast. I always say black women pay my bills because it is so, so, so true. I don't have, you know, the brand deals and the podcasting deals and things like that. And so it made me feel like, why? Like, I guess I just had a moment of extreme self-doubt and also feeling like I don't really have a platform that's good enough to get a podcasting deal or to get paid to podcast. Because I feel like a lot of the podcasts that I am familiar with that do have the deals and do get paid to put out their show they're like pop culture podcasts or their podcasts. These are the ones I'm familiar with. This may not be true. This is what I see. They're pop culture podcasts or they're just like kiki podcasts. And or they're very, very, you know, surface. And this isn't shade because I listen to them. So I like them. I think it was just more so of, damn, I'm just not going to be good enough unless I just tone it down or I or I just bullshit and just kind of keep it light and I know that a lot of episodes I have are not light I know that they can get really deep (laughs) and I just felt like why am I not good enough to have those types of things why am I not getting paid to podcast You know, why am I living off of donations? You know, like I just felt like my work feels so important. And I know that it is important because y'all tell me all the time. I get emails, I get DMs, I get tweets, I get everything. Thank you. I love the show. It saved me from this. It helped me heal through this. My ancestors love you, blah, blah, blah. I get that all the time. And I just felt like in that moment that my life wasn't reflecting what I feel someone who was like holding really important work. So I was like, really just, I was triggered at the same time. I wasn't feeling good enough. I was feeling like I'm so good. And yet nobody sees me. Not y'all though, not y'all like people with money. I'm like, how has no one with a bunch of money been like, yes, here, keep doing your work. Actually, expand your work. I know that you have more ideas. I want to help you. I want to support you. I see you. And I just felt 
I don't know, really low about that. And I went off. Like, I just cried and screamed and was like, ancestors, like, am I not doing something right? Like, people around me seem to be flourishing. Not even around me. I don't know these people. But just people in the podcasting world. Like, I'm in now a different world. It's beyond, like, the spiritual community. Like, I'm in a podcasting world. I'm in the middle of, like, one of the fastest growing entertainment platforms to exist is happening right now. I am in the thick of it. And yet I feel like it is not respected. And I'm like, is it because my show is not, it needs to be cleaned up? I think there's things that I could do better and I'm working on that. But I'm like, is this like, I just don't, what is it? What's, what is not resonating? Like, is my listenership growing? Like, I don't know. And so I think that, yeah, I I was really feeling all of that. And I just went off and I had the reading of the year a few days later, which was yesterday before I was recording. And I'll tell you also the card of March was the nine of cups for my tarot girlies. I was pulling from the hoodoo tarot deck. So that was the nine of baskets, I believe. And for those of you who know tarot, the nine of cups is about having what you need. It is about expressing gratitude that you are ha- you have your needs met. It also talks about, in fact, being in abundance. And if you don't have your needs met, you're moving to the place to be able to have them met. So take, take, um, Like, look through what you have and and be grateful for that, but also plan. If you need more in a certain way or aspect or part of your life, you can have that and it will be met positively this month. That's what the Nine of Baskets was telling us, telling me. And I realized that even though I feel very... Like, I feel like a small fish in a big pond when it comes to the podcast community and world. I feel very small and overlooked. Um, That doesn't mean that my work is not impactful. It doesn't mean that nobody sees me. All of you all see me. And I'm extremely grateful for that. And I know that my time, whatever that time is, is coming. And maybe it's fucking here. And that I need to look at it a different way. So for March especially, I want you all to honor how far you have come. And remember the proverb, this is a Ghanaian, a calm proverb, of all peppers do not ripen simultaneously. It's the English translation. All peppers do not ripen simultaneously. So yeah, somebody in your space, community, friend group, family, an enemy <laughs> may seemingly have all the things together. And first of all, that's what it seems like. You don't know. I don't know. But it looks like that. Because all we see is the sexy stuff online. But it ain't always that. And you also, someone also is looking at you being like, wow, you got your shit together. I'm encouraging you to look at yourself. And remember the days you didn't have what you had now. 
and be like, damn, I kind of, I pray for this. I ain't got this. I ain't got that, but I do got this. And remember that your time is coming or your time is now. Let's claim that your time is now. So yeah, I just had a breakdown of basically not feeling like I was enough. But then after that reading, remembering I have all that I need. My basic needs are met. And the things that I desire, desire me. And that they are, they're not even coming. That the things that I want are here. I just got to claim that. I just got to move with an abundant mindset. The last thing I'll say is that uh, LaVon, we love LaVon, friend of the show. Our favorite womanist, almost author, bae, creative, baddie. She sent me a video from Chani Nichols, the astrologer. And it was about abundance. And I'm going to play it for you all. Abundance is a really tricky teacher because we live in capitalism and so many intersecting systems of supremacy. What most of us know more intimately is scarcity. And when abundance starts to roll in, so many of us approach it with a sense of lack. We might feel like we need to overextend ourselves in order to keep it coming. We might feel like we have to say yes to everything because we've known more droughts than downpours. But what abundance really needs us to know is our boundaries. It needs us to choose it and to therefore know how to say no thank you to the things that are only going to over extend us or distract us from what is truly generative. Abundance needs us to have boundaries. So yeah, we're moving in abundance. We're not moving from a place of lack. I really appreciated that video. And I love you all. I'm so grateful that I've been able to do what I do 100% community backed and supported but I'm ready to run these white people's pockets, <laughs> okay? I'm ready to run their pockets up. Y'all hear me? I'm claiming it right now. Black women pay my bills. I'm so grateful. I'm ready to run it the fuck up on these people. <laughs> so I'm coming. I'm not about to be no small fish in this podcast pond. I know I'm a big fish in the in the in some ways in like the spiritual podcast, but I'm talking about running it up in the podcast lane. I'm super overlooked. Not no more, baby. You heard it here first. <laughs> but yes, that is my word of a week. We're really, really stepping into our abundance. Okay, I appreciate y'all for listening. All you need is a little juju. Okay, I am so excited to talk about this in this segment, this clay-consuming, chalk-eating, dirt-eating, also cornstarch and baking soda-consuming. Why didn't nobody tell me Black women were out here eating clay? Red clay, white clay, chalk, um, cornstarch with a spoon. So let's start here. I was researching. I was just reading as I be doing because the girls read books. 
I was reading one of my favorite books, Working the Roots, Over 400 Years of Traditional African-American Healing by Michelle E. Lee. I've talked about it on the podcast. It is a great resource for people who are interested in plant and herbal medicine and also just like old remedies, quote unquote. So I'm reading, 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 child. I'm on the page reading about clay or chalk. And I see that there is a lot of benefits from clay and chalk. And it's been used internally and externally as a healing medicine for thousands of years. And particularly in African-American healing traditions, eating clay, also known as geophagy, is a tradition that was brought directly from Africa. So I'm reading, reading, reading more, seeing that traditionally in Africa and still all throughout the continent, people, particularly pregnant women, but not just pregnant women, but especially women in general, eat like little clay like cookies or little clay like pies. And it is supposed to provide a lot of nutrition. It has a lot of nutritional value. So these kinds of clay and this particular kind of clay that is in dirt has a a nutritional value, i.e. it can absorb toxins within the body. It is good for detoxing. It is a good antibiotic. It is uh, anti-diarrheal, anti-inflammatory. It also contains nutrients such as magnesium, iron, uh, it can provide the body with minerals like zinc, calcium, etc. So in the continent and beyond, people are eating clay. Now, we also see a lot of examples of black women and people eating white clay, red clay, and dirt in the South, particularly. I saw a lot of examples of this for folks from Mississippi, uh, Mississippi Delta, um, Tennessee, um, deep south, when our ancestors came on over, not just through enslavement, but even after just just through uh, migration, they and elders have continuously consumed clay and dirt. It is something that has traveled with us from the continent. So I was like, Really intrigued by this, particularly because when I was reading, I then saw, it says African-Americans moved from the South to the urban North for a better life. So we're talking about great migration. And many women replaced eating clay with eating starch. Um, The starch being our goal, that being the preferred type. But eating starch did not have the same benefits as eating clay and consuming large amounts of it actually affected their health and contributed to anemia and other health problems. And they also said that I was reading another article, all this will be in the show notes, that was from the New York Times, talking about how a lot of black women are consuming these foods that people don't consider foods, quote-unquote, like clays, dirts, um, for iron, for zinc. And through that great migration... Before, they were eating this soil that was rich in nutrients, but they didn't have access to the same soil. Times are changing. There's more pollution. There's more cities. So not having access to that fresh dirt. So they started consuming and wanting to eat like chalk because there was a white clay that folks were eating before that was similar to chalk. So they would crave chalk. They would crave um, 
cornstarch, and baking soda. Some would. Some still wanted their dirt. And I, I read that people were actually from the South who still lived, who have family members in the South, they were still getting clay scent or dirt scent that they could consume. But a lot of folks just started eating cornstarch. And my boo one time was telling me about how her, her, um, someone in her family like eats, uh, cornstarch, like out the, out the thing, like with a spoon, just eating it up. And I was like, okay, so this is a connection. I'm like your cousin or your aunt or whoever is probably having this craving because of a lot of things that are going on. But some of it is that we come from people who ate dirt and clay because of its nutritional value. So I go on to tweet this. So I'm like, is anybody in y'all family eat dirt, clay, cornstarch, or baking soda? And do you know why? I'm asking free of judgment. And as funny as it sounds, I'm trying to research something. Y'all, 179 quote tweets later and many, many, many replies later, I realized that there is a lot of people, black folks out here still eating and craving chalks, clays, dirt. I will moment of vulnerability. <laughs> when I was reading about the clay, when I was looking through the book, um, my mouth started salivating. Like I was like, Oh, is this something just unlocked? <laughs> something unlocked because my mouth is salivating thinking about eating fresh clay. And I just had to know what this means. So there were so many really, really great tweets and replies. Shout out to JT Perry. She talks about the Salt Eaters, the book um, novel by Tony Tony Cade Bambara, and that there was a port. I haven't read the Salt Eaters. I've read parts of it, but not fully. And she talks about in there that there is someone who was craving, craving. I think it was clay in that book, or or dirt. And following those cravings. Um, So many people said a lot of women in my family have eaten clay every time they're pregnant. I suspect it's related to an iron deficiency that's exacerbated by pregnancy. That is what at Teddy DeRusso said. Shout out to Teddy for that information. Um, Someone from South Georgia at Undercover Mother said our family eats kaolin clay. I get some when I'm in South Georgia. Uh, they looked at me like I was crazy because I was working with a bunch of white people and they were like, why is she eating clay? Or why you were eating clay? Sorry, I don't know your pronouns. So there were so many people saying that they used to, who are from the South, who said that they used to sell clay patties in the South and or like little dirt patties and people would eat them because the craving was so strong for people in the community. And... Also, people were talking about, you know, eating cornstarch. And again, my mouth is salivating this whole time. So much so that someone who is from the continent, I cannot remember where she said she was from, but there's some clay that she brings back every time she goes home. Um, Was it Ghana? I don't remember. Or Senegal, but she goes home and she brings home the clay. And she was like, I'll send you some because this is what we, we do. And of course, with this, is I'm not saying at all that I want you all to go out and eat dirt <laughs> any clay and do any of this, but I am saying that there is a traditional and healing quality that 
this book is talking about it having, and a lot, a lot, a lot of people have been consuming clay, especially old school folks and elders for a very long time because of its value. And it also is said to boost immunity in our immune systems. Now, on the flip side of this, this can also be seen as an eating deficiency or eating disorder. From the medical side, this will be labeled as PICA. And it is valuable to say this as well. PICA is basically the desire to eat things and consume things that are not considered food. This would be dirt. This would be mud. This would be clays. And a lot of folks were like, yeah, if y'all are eating dirt, that's because you have pica and you need to get it checked out because you have this eating disorder because you're probably deficient in, you know, zinc or particularly iron because I said a lot of pregnant women eat that. Now, um, it says, what are some signs and symptoms of pica? People who with people, I'm sorry, people with pica crave and eat non-food items such as dirt, clay, rocks, paper, ice, crayons, hair, paint chips, chalk, etc. And this can cause issues within the body, of course. I will also name that eating too much clay can cause issue because it is absorbent. It can absorb the good things in your body. It can absorb the water in your body. It could contribute to constipation. Um, so you know. It's, it's a whole lot of things with that, including eating cornstarch and baking soda. Um, but I'm just, I'm very weary to name and say that just because someone is eating, I'm specifically talking about clays. And I'm talking about fresh clay. I'm talking about clay from dirt that ain't been tainted with, unpoisoned. I ain't talking about no city dirt. I ain't talking about the stuff that's right outside. I'm talking about people who are in the deep South when the, when the, when the soil has just been overturned for some new crops. I'm talking about fresh, clean land, which we definitely have a lot less access to, but still exists because mother nature girl is abundant. Hashtag earth's medicines. So I'm talking about that. I'm weary to say that that because our ancestors and people still maybe eat a little clay here for iron or for for magnesium that they have pica. I just, I think, I think pica can exist. People who are, you know, consuming things that they shouldn't. But I also think that we can't just remove what folks been doing for a very, very long time and still do because it's considered an eating disorder. Because it's not an eating disorder for some people. It is actually what they do to help their bodies. It's what boosts their immunity. It is what gives them the nutrients that they need that comes from the land and the soil. So I, I just, I thought it was such a good example of how the hoodoo shows up and, and it can be demonized. And again, I'm not telling y'all to go out and eat some dirt. (laughs) I'm not. But if you're hearing this and you're like, that sounds kind of good. It's worth looking into researching. I recommend looking at the show notes. I'll have some material there. Um, I recommend getting the book, Working the Roots. But 
and a lot of people are saying, people, if you crave dirt and clay, you're anemic. I am not anemic. I thought I was anemic. I have had tests done. I am not anemic. But I may have a, I could have a deficiency and that could point to whatever is in this sort of fresh clay or like fresh overturned dirt. There could be something in there that my body is craving. And so, yeah, I could probably go get some other kind of tests and figure out if I could get some vitamins or some minerals or some pills. But I'm telling you all this, that this kind of craving or idea can point to something else. And again, clay has been used topically and ingested for health of people. And particularly, they say black women are the highest uh, demographic of folks who have PICA, P-I-C-A. Black women are. So it just makes me curious. And I haven't talked to my ancestors about this. This is just from my reading. Is this pointing to some kind of deficiency that black women have? Is this our ancestral knowledge kicking in? Is that, what is it? Is it, I think everything is always both and. So this is just me naming. Sure, if you do have that craving, it could be Pika. It could be something deeper than that. There's also spiritual components to all of this shit, right? So if you're like me and the mouth was watering, (laughs) maybe we could get something checked on. (laughs) And that could be spiritually checked on. That could be herbally checked on. That could be going to the doctor, checked on. I think it's worth addressing. And, you know, maybe we need a little clay cookie. Someone sent me a how to make a, it was like a Haitian dirt. They call it Haitian dirt um, cookie or something like that. And people make dirt cookies and eat them because of the nutrients from the earth, from the land, from the ground. And I refuse to just name that as Pika. Only. Only. I refuse to only name it as that. I think it's a lot of different things happening. But be mindful. Eating cornstarch and those cravings is not the same as <laughs> clay. All you need is a little juju. It's the it's the new ways version of maybe that desire or this ancestral knowledge sort of morphing into now. But yeah, I wanted to have that conversation. Shout out. To everyone who um, told me that they did have that craving, that they used to eat that, that their grandparents used to eat that, that they go home to, um, they go home to the south or to the continent. They go to Ghana. They go to Nigeria. And they there's a type of clay that they eat and they bring home for people. People who also crave. Um, the chalky white clay that was eating people who a lot of folks craved it when they were pregnant. It was like, oh yeah, I wanted to eat boxes of (laughs) cornstarch when I was pregnant. (laughs) So uh, yes, just putting this out there because I know I have a lot of black women listeners and other folks, it's not just black women, but other folks, if you do feel this, this is something that maybe we can see about and see what it's trying to tell us about our bodies, okay? Thank you. Shout out to my girls wanting to eat a little little dirt. <laughs> okay, let's get into our donations. All you need is a little juju. 
A Little Juju podcast is a labor of so much deep love, but it is labor nonetheless. Podcasting is not free. It takes time. It takes resources. It takes hosting sites. It takes equipment and all these other things to be able to produce a good show. So if you enjoy this show, if you get things out of this show, if you appreciate the work and you want to pour into it monetarily, you can do so by becoming a patron on Patreon. It is a committal way where you can donate as much as you want each month to go towards the show. And depending on your tier level, you may get some extra goodies from me, like our little check-ins, talks, readings, etc. You can also do a more non-committal way of donating as just sending me a little coin on PayPal at thejujubay at gmail.com. Or you can send through Cash App. That's fine. Dollar sign I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E. Make sure that you put gift in the title for that. Outside of monetary, there are so many other ways to support the show, i.e. rating us five stars on Apple Podcast, writing a comment, telling your friends, telling your homies, telling your grandmother, telling everybody that you can about the show, get our views up, our listenership up. That is so, so important. And it all tends to the energy of exchange. So if you want to be involved, included in the energy of exchange, whether monetary or otherwise, please feel empowered to do so. And I am so, so, so appreciative to all of you who honor my work in this way. It it really means a lot to me. And so let's continue to move in this energy of sharing, caring and community. Thank you. Okay, time to shout out my beloved, beloved patrons. Shout out to Ivy Miller. Thank you so much for becoming a patron, my dear Ivy. Shout out to Lenita Snow. Thank you so much, Lenita. And shout out to Dominique Morris, which I feel like I may have shouted you out last time. But hey, I'm shouting you out again. Shout out to Dominique Morris. Thank you all so, so much for becoming patrons Thank you all so, so much for sharing in the energy of money with me and abundance with me. I share that energy back with you tenfold, a hundredfold. I'm so, so appreciative of you. Black people pay my bills, especially black women. So I'm just really overflowing. I cried last night with my patrons about how how appreciative I am. And so may all of the gifts that you need, the abundance that you need, the resources that you need, may they come to you easily as you share with me. I share that energy right back with you tenfold, a hundredfold, a thousandfold. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All you need is a little juju. Okay, let's us get into juju for the culture. Juju for the culture. Juju for the culture, where I talk about happenings in the spiritual community, in the world, often pop culture. And give my like a two cents, my like a two cents. So I don't know why, like I just randomly become Jamaican. Like <laughs> I just, I'm not Jamaican. But shout out to my Jamaicans. I grew up around a lot of Jamaicans. That's how the Jamaicans are bottom. I'm a best friend Jamaican. But 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 okay, okay. So my juju for the culture today is about scammers. And I know that I keep talking about scammers. I feel like I'm always talking about scammers. Damn, I feel like I've been talking about scammers for years. But they are so prevalent in a way. Like, it's so wild. It, like, every reader 
Every person who is a part of a spiritual community, child, I'm sure the pastors are getting scammed to do readings. People who don't even do readings are getting scammed about readings. I have a fake TikTok page of someone who is scamming readings. The scammers are on the loose. Again, (sighs) let me calm down. It's just so frustrating because these sites don't do anything about it. And so what I want to talk about is how we know when a reading is good. How do we know that we're talking to a reputable reader, how we can seek reputable readers and how reputable readers don't seek us. Okay. So let's start with this again. No one should be soliciting clients. No one should be in your DM saying that the spirit told them that they have to give you a message and blah, 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 blah. And you just got to pay them blah, 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 blah. And they'll tell you the message or they give you some general message. And then they're like, if you want some more, pay me. I'm not saying sometimes that we don't dream about people and we want to tell them. I've had that experience a lot. I'd be like, hey, boo, I had a little dream about you. You know, let me know. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who you don't know from a can of paint. Okay. Saying that you need to pay them because they talk to your spirits or your Orisha, your ancestors or whatever spirits they allege talking to. That's a big no, no. (sighs) Now. A reputable reader. There's so many different kinds of readers and readings that you can get because there's so many different ways to consult spirit. Let's start off with the mediums. Okay. So mediums are people who have an intuitive connection to another, the the other, the unseen. <laughs> well, it's not even unseen for some mediums, right? But who have a connection to the spiritual realm, a deep connection. And it shows up in a lot of, lot of different ways. So let's go through, we've done this before, but let's go through the Claire's. My friend Glow calls it the Claire sisters. Let's go through the Claire sisters and talk about the kinds of mediums that you could potentially have a reading with. So we have clairvoyance. The, my clairvoyance are people who have intuitive vision. That means they have the ability to gain visual telepathic information that other people often cannot see. So they see and shit. The clairvoyance see shit. Okay. My clairaudience, my clairaudience people have the intuitive, clear hearing. They can hear sounds from the spirit world. They can hear the voice of people giving them information. It is audience, auditory, ears, listening. Okay. Our next Claire girl we have is Claire sentience. That is the clear feelings. That is um, being deeply empathic. I know that word is so overused now, (laughs) but as an empath, I feel you can sense emotions, not just from other people, which, you know, what typically people mean, like I can just feel what you're feeling. Sure. But also we can feel how, because I'm clairsentient as well, how your spirits feel. Or because if I'm doing an ancestral reading, I'm like a spirit is coming down and I'm I'm angry at you and I want to cuss you out. Okay. I don't want to cut, Juju don't want to cuss you out, 
But I want to cuss you out because I feel the energy of your older brother who is angry about something that he's trying to communicate. So that is also the clear feelings. Clear cognizance is the intuitive, clear knowing. It is the inner knowing. It's just the information just pops in your head and it just is what it is. You know, you just, you just know that's our clear cognizance, cognition, brain, thoughts. Our next clear is clear aliens, which is clear smelling, intuitive smelling. You smell something from the spiritual realm. Someone from the spiritual realm is giving you a message through scent. You randomly smell your, my grandfather used to smoke um, cigarettes, I think Marlboro's, and he used to um, drink rum and Pepsi. Sometimes I smell it. Like I just smell that smell. That's Claire aliens. I smell him around. Okay. Claire Gustance is intuitive taste. The ability to taste without actually having anything in your mouth. Sometimes in my readings, this shows up as I'm talking to someone. This often happens when I'm talking to someone who is of a different ethnic background. So if I'm reading someone who is Caribbean or or anything, Mexican, just a, a ethnic background that I'm uh, not, Haitian. And I'm like, I don't know what this is, but it tastes like it's peppery and it's blah, blah, blah. And the consistency is this. And they're like, oh, that sounds like whatever this traditional food is. And I'm like, oh, okay, it tastes good. I like that. You know, that's how my uh, Claire Gustin's comes up. That's one of my favorite gifts. It's so cool. But yeah, being able to taste things that are not there or your ancestors giving you taste of food or spirits giving you taste of food that they may want. Um, That's how that shows up. Having taste for things like, I don't have a taste for that. I actually hate this thing, but it's probably your grandmama wanting her, whatever. Okay, and then Claire Tangency is the ability to receive the information by touch. This was actually a new one for me. So intuitive touching, being able to touch someone and pick up an energy from that touch, or even an object, getting information about an object or thing through touching. Okay, so again, we have the clairvoyance, intuitive vision, Claire audience, our clear hearing, clear sentience, our feeling, intuitive feelings, clear cognizant is that intuitive knowing, just knowing, our clear aliens is the clear smelling, clear gustance is the clear and intuitive tasting, and then clear tangency is the ability to pick up information through touching something, receiving information through touch. Okay. So your psychic, if you're going to see a psychic or a medium, could have a bunch of these kinds of gifts. Just because every psychic is not, or every medium is not clairvoyant. Everyone cannot see. Everyone does not have that gift. It doesn't, it, you know, no gift is better than the other. Everyone doesn't have clear taste, clear tasting. So don't assume that your reader is not, um, good because they don't see 
your dog. <laughs> you know, that doesn't mean that they're not a good reader. That might not be their gift. I don't know if I would ask a psychic. I think I think I would be okay if someone asked, what are your Claire gifts? I would be okay with saying that. But I mean, I, I think I would say use your discretion. I think you could ask if someone is claiming to be a medium, like, oh, do you, how do you, how do, or just ask, how do you connect to your spirits? How do you typically interact with them? Is it through hearing? Do you hear them? Do you see them? Do you taste things? Whatever. Now, um, so those are the Claire's. Now, then there's also people who are mediums, but they also read cards or they pick up information through different forms of divination. And divination, for those who don't know, is the systemic, systematic way to receive information from the spiritual realm using a tool of some sort. The tool can be cards. The tool can be gazing into a candle. And so these are some forms of divinatory practices. Let's go through those. I thought this was really interesting. There's uh, actually Merriam-Webster has all the different kinds of like spiritual ways to read and all the mancies. So let's talk about those because your reader may also do these things. Aromancy is a form of divination from the state of air or atmospheric substances, a.k.a. I'm looking at the clouds. I can read the clouds. I, I cannot. <laughs> I'm saying people. People can look at the clouds and tell stories, get information from looking at naturals, the natural world. Okay? Looking at the birds. Forecasts. I think a lot of our ancestors, um, particularly those who were on land, plantations, they were able to look at the sky and be like, oh, it's about to rain. Or, oh, the crop's probably not going to do this because this the way the cloud's moving. And so I know that we got to pull this crop up here and we got to pick these things and we got to do that. They could tell all of that from just looking at the sky. That's a form of divination. Okay. So from the state of an atmospheric substance, able to tell information about the world. Okay. Um, this was a new one for me. The next one is Ellie, Ella Romancy, Ella Romancy, which is divination by means of flower. <laughs> So, yeah, you're like, flower? Yes, flower. So, when you open a fortune cookie, when you got your, um, when you got your yakami, <laughs> I think it's still ordering yakami. <laughs> Is yakami even still around? Baltimore, I know Baltimore, Baltimore got yakami, and I know um, New Orleans, I think they eat yakami too. I don't know about nowhere else. Shout out to us. So you order your little yakami, you might get a fortune cookie. You probably would not get fortune cookie from no place that is selling yakami, but but follow me, okay? Divination by means of flour. You're cracking open that little cookie that was made from flour, and you get your message. Okay, we have astragalomancy. <laughs> astragalomancy is throwing bones, okay? This is very hoodoo. The divination by throwing dice. Okay, or bones. 
in early astragal. <laughs> Why am I reading like I'm five? Astragalomancy. Small bones with marks carved into them were thrown and their positions used to predict the future. This is an old form of divination, but we see this a lot with African diasporic and traditional religious practices, throwing bones, reading the dice, reading the numbers, reading literal bones, animal parts, animal fangs, etc., throwing them out, seeing how everything lands on each other. And we're moving for, and we can be able to t- pick up a message from throwing bones. People still throw bones. I've heard of a lot of people doing throwing bones classes. I would like to take one. So this is throwing bones, okay? Um, bibliomancy, again, another hoodoo form. I've seen a lot of people. I've also done divination through the Bible, opening up a random page of a book, particularly the Bible, and reading a message. You pray before you open it up. You get clarity, ask for your spirits to speak. You open a Bible and you just read where your finger points and meditate on that and get your message, okay? Cardamancy, very popular. This is probably a reader that you will come across, someone who is reading cards. This is fortune telling, quote unquote, by means of playing cards. This could also be uh, tarot cards or oracle cards. There's a lot of different cards. But if you have a card and you're able to read from that card, that is cardamancy. I personally am now getting into tarot more. I'm starting to like it a little bit more. But I am a playing card reader. I love to read regular old-fashioned Ace of Hearts, the Jacks, the Clubs. You feel me? I love that. You will find a lot of card readers within the hoodoo practice reading tarot or playing and an oracle as well. We also have catoptromancy. This is divination by a mirror or, or gazing into a crystal. We're looking into... Um, this, this, an object, this is also called scrying. We typically will call it scrying people within who do also scry. Also people uh, who grew up in places around a lot of water can look into water and get insights from just lakes, rivers, ponds, just staring into a gaze. And that is what we call scrying. Okay. Saromancy. You also see this in who do a lot divination from figures formed by melted wax. Okay. Candle readings. There was a point, I don't know if people are still doing this. There was a point I was asked all the time, can you read this candle wax? Like everybody in the old Facebook groups were reading candle waxes. I don't know if this is still going on, but honey, the candle wax readings were a thing. The next is claromancy. Divination by means of casting lots, child. That's the term I think cast. When I hear casting lots, I think about the Bible. But to cast lots just means to throw something, to toss an object, the sticks, some dice or whatever is thrown, and you are reading whatever was casted to tell a fortune or get some spiritual insights. So casting lots, yes, divination is mentioned in the Bible, a form of casting lots, okay? Okay, there are a lot of these, child. I'm not going to go through all of them. Of course, I will leave the information in the show notes. There are a lot of forms of divination. Most likely what you will come across is people reading cards, uh, people throwing bones, throwing bones. I I suppose in 
Orisha tradition, it would fall under what we understand as throwing bones or casting, casting lots, divination. I guess that would sort of be what that falls under, but people throwing shells, um, coconut, obi, um, opuele, if you're going to any fa priest. Um, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so most likely they're going to come from there. Now, let me close out with this thought. Like, every diviner is not a medium. Some people have been trained to read, to divine. They were, they have been trained to know what it means when a shell does this thing, when it falls like this, when two shells are up and two shells are down, or when coins are all heads up, right? They've been trained to read that. They may not be psychic, but they know they can interpret. And there's a difference. Some people are mediums. They just channel. Some people are trained in the skill and art of divination. Some people can do both. So be mindful of that when you do get your readings. Am I seeing a psychic or is someone reading? Is someone divining and reading information they've been trained in? Okay, so if you're getting a reading, you know that um, you should expect that you have your questions answered. Now, of course, every question may not be answered how you want because sometimes y'all be asking things and it's like, child, I can't tell you that. You're going to have to tell yourself that. But this is the energy around it. But the specifics sometimes can't be answered in the way that you may want. But for the most part, you should leave your reading feeling clearer. You should not leave your reading feeling more confused. If you have questions during your reading and someone is not giving you advice or clarity, I would be cautious of that. That doesn't mean that they're a bad reader, but you then need to ask some more questions and they could be clearer for you. In my readings, I break down everything, child. <laughs> I break down everything. Um, you, If you are going to a reader who is practicing an African traditional religion or one of the diaspora, you should go home with some kind of homework. You should have what they call an Orisha tradition at bow. There would be some kind of sacrifice or thing that you have to do in order to um, potentially shift energy in your favor if that is necessary. So no one should tell you a reading that is all doom and gloom and be like, okay, bye. No, you should have, okay, well, what you need to do is you need, it seems like you need to take a couple baths. It seems like you may need to do this, that, and the third. Okay, prescriptions. If no one gave you a prescription and you feel like you may need one, you should ask, hey, is there any Ebo? Is there any prescription that I need? Okay. Now, also be on the lookout for people who make you seem as if you need them. They should not be invoking fear in you. I remember one time I got a reading um, years and years and years ago before I was reading anybody, before I was even in this work, I was probably still a Christian. I got a psychic reading from just one of those random spots like <laughs> that you just see that say psychic that no one ever goes into. I went into one one day and this Indian woman told me all these things. And basically she said that like all these horrible things were going to happen to me if I didn't come back and get a reading from her again and like choose God or something and read the Bible. 
And I was terrified. It ruined me. I was crying. I I was so upset. And I say that story to be like, nobody, you should not leave your reading. Not that you won't be upset or you didn't hear things that shook you or even triggered you, but it shouldn't be, well, your life is going to be terrible. She said like, I was going to get robbed and like sexually assaulted, like all these things. If I didn't come back and get another reading, that's a red flag, beloved. But I was young and I didn't know. So be mindful, be careful of that. Now, I will say, sometimes you do need to pay for more guidance. You do need to pay for more guidance sometimes or insight or your sacrifice. Sometimes you may have some shit going on. A, a goat needs to be sacrificed. That's going to cost you. That is, not, that is not included in the cost of the, um, the reading that you paid for. You paid for your reading. They may let you know that you need something else or you may need a work done. You may need a candle going for you. Somebody going to have to pray over you. That's going to cost you. So I'm not saying that you may not have to pay any more money, but it's not the, this is a moment where your intuition is going to have to come in. Yes, if you have a prescription that needs to be paid for, of course, but not, yeah, you need to rely on me. No, 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 no. And again, last but not least, no one should be soliciting you. That's tacky. That's ugly. No. You seek them. It's tacky. It's just tacky. Like, even if they are a legitimate reader, I just feel like it's it's just it's just tacky to be blowing up people saying that you're going to give them a reading. That doesn't mean they're not a good reader. If you want to go with that, great. But that's 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 a key way to get scammed because that's what that's the scammers what the scammers are doing. So we're going to be smart. We're going to be mindful, and. We're going to get our readings and get our questions answered. And we're not going to rely on our readers because at the end of the day, they just give us the reader. You have to apply the information and you go back to your reader when you have applied the information and the energy has shifted. I would wait at least 30 days. I would at least wait 21 days until you get another reading. Okay. Do what was prescribed. Alrighty, y'all. Let's 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 get into it. I know y'all gonna ask me, do you do readings or not? We'll see. I think I'm gonna come back this year. I think. In regards to who you want as a reader, um, oh god, I feel like you're all gonna email me. I'll like put something on Patreon that I'll post that of the readers that I know who are still giving readings who who are are decent. <laughs> Okay, so we're ready, we're here, and we're going to get good readings, and we're going to take care of ourselves, and we're going to consult the land and the earth <laughs> this year. Alrighty, thank you all so much for tuning into another episode. I really enjoyed this. Um, if you would like to reach out to me, of course, you can hit me up on social media at I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E. Um, you can reach out to me on my website at jujubay.com. Copy some merch and all the other things that I offer, Reiki, all the things... And feel free to send me an email. You can do that also through my site. I appreciate you all. I love you all. Oh, at a little juju podcast too on Instagram. Follow me on TikTok. It's Juju Bay everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. I appreciate y'all. Thank you so much. Y'all are the best. I really have the best listeners, y'all. It's our year, honey. It's, it's our year. I'm claiming it. All right. Go in peace. Go in power. And remember, all you need is a little juju. Later.